0: Happiness runs in a circular motion. Thought is like a little boat on the scene. Hello Everybody and welcome to Campfires and Color anyway. Wars, a podcast about summer camp and the stories in. we love to tell Happiness about them. Like the time runs, every counselor's solution happens, to any camper sickness happens, happens, was to say, drink some more water. Happens, 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 I'm Micah Hart, and for the next 45 minutes or so, We're going to press pause on the world around us and transport back to the days of our adolescence when the school year was just one long rest hour between days at camp. If you have a camp memory you'd like to have featured at the top of the show, you can always email us your short stories at summercamppod at gmail.com. And of course, we would love it if you would give us a rating or a review so we can reach as many former campers as we can. Um, fun show coming up today with our guest, Eric Scharr. Uh, Eric, uh, most of the people that are on this podcast are, are not necessarily people I knew ahead of time. Um, but Eric and I actually went to college together uh, and have, uh, have stayed in touch a little bit here and there over the years. Um, he is a uh, fantastic writer um, and, uh, and a funny man, just uh, generally speaking. And uh, he has been writing for the last few years on the show Bunked which is a, uh, a Disney show, um, but can also now be found on Netflix, which is where my kids discovered it uh, and watch it uh, religiously. Um, but it's, uh, it's a show that takes place at a summer camp, so I thought uh, it would be awesome to have Eric on to share his experiences working on a summer camp-themed show and also his own camp experiences. Um, and that's exactly uh, what we're going to do uh, in this episode um, very quickly, just a, a couple of uh, other camp-related notes. Um, the 365 things to remind you of camp calendar, you can still get it. Uh, there are still almost 11 or a little over 11 months left in the year, so I'd say it's still worth your time if you want to get that. We are still selling them. You can get them at bit.ly 365campthings. We are also working on a version of the calendar for summer camps. Uh, that we are calling a 10-for-2 calendar. There'll be like a version of this, but instead of being a nostalgia play, it's really for current campers uh, and staff members. So if you think uh, your summer camp uh, would enjoy having something like that, then you should definitely reach out to us. Uh, You can reach out to us again at summercamppod at gmail.com. And we are going to be at the Tri-State Camp Convention in Atlantic City uh, in March, I believe the 14th to the 16th. Uh, and might be doing some live uh, live podcast type stuff uh, while we're there. So, if you uh, if you're in the camp world and you're going to be at that, uh, let us know. Um, all right. Uh, with that, uh, let's get on with the show. Uh, happy to uh, have this conversation. Get to catch up with a good friend of mine. Uh, so, without any further ado, my conversation with Eric Shar. So yeah. you've been writing on the show for how long? Well, uh, for
1: five, since the beginning. So we just, we finished season five. Okay. Season five just finished airing. And potentially, I don't know how, I think there will be a, there should be a season six, but until I'm actually working on it, uh, who knows?
0: Sure. Um, well, but, like uh, I said, yeah. if uh, if my kids can do anything to help in the promotion of it, they would be happy to. They watch it constantly, uh, they're big fans.
1: Oh good, that's good to hear, that's
0: nice to hear. I, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say this because I don't know what network it's on. I think they watch it on on Netflix.
1: It, it reruns on Netflix, but it airs on Disney Channel.
0: Got it, okay. Yeah,
1: uh, airs on Disney Channel. And then I, I don't know when, I don't know the whole deal, like when Netflix gets it. Like I don't know if the whole season has to air and then it goes to Netflix, I never know that stuff, but yeah. but it's on uh, it's on Disney
0: Channel. Yeah, okay. Yeah. They love it. So I told them that I was talking, I was like, you know, that show bunk, like I'm talking to someone who works on it. Uh, and they were like, that's yeah. They were very excited.
1: And as an adult, it's just like, the title is always very difficult to say as an adult because it's, you know, it's bunk to like apostrophe D. And so whatever, an adu- whatever, like I'm talking to an adult, it's like, Oh, what do you do? I'm a, I'm a TV writer. Oh, anything I would have, I would have seen. Why oh, unless you have kids, it's, it's a camp show called Bunked. They're like, what? I'm like, bunked. It's camp. It's I don't it Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so it's kind of, but for a kid, it's a great title. But yeah, yeah. it's tough. It's tough to explain. They're like, like bunked, like ed. I'm like, no apostrophe d. Well, what's that Much mean? Much hipper than really that. Think, I don't know what it means actually. <laughs> well, they're bunk beds. No, there's not. It won't fit on bunk beds. Won't fit on the set.
0: See, it's funny because it makes sense to me. Like, right? If I try to break down the word, yeah, I, <laughs> I might get stuck. But like bunked it's about summer camps and summer camp or a summer camp and summer camp has bunks maybe bunk beds maybe not but that right it it all feels like it if you told me and i didn't know what it was i think my first guess would be that it would be a show about a summer camp
1: yeah no it's it's the idea of like why we've never no one ever knows why there is an apostrophe d we can all guess (laughs) it's one of those things where we can guess forever no one's ever gonna know sure is it a verb is it supposed to be like punked like you know right for all the for all the nine-year-olds out there who love the uh, the punk show um
0: so who knows who yeah. knows but
1: you know it's it's open-ended whatever whatever you feel is the answer is the
0: answer i love it that's a yeah. very campy thing and you yeah, can you make go. up any different explanation and tell all the kids that this is why it is and they'll believe you and uh you know yeah. it's fun to manipulate the youth like that
1: instead of saying i don't know i should say well, what what it is and just, just guess and make it make it amazing.
0: Yeah. No, that's as a of work, summer bro. camp counselor. That is entirely what we would do. We would go on uh, like trips out of camp and we would play this game called Stump the Staff. This is my campers at this time were like middle school. So old enough they probably shouldn't have been this stupid. But <laughs> again, it's a camp format. You trust your counselors implicitly. So we would play a game called Stump the Staff, where they would ask us questions and we would get all of them right because whatever the question was if we didn't know the answer we would just make up what the answer was and present it so confidently that we would convince them that it was correct and that is a cherished memory of mine
1: <laughs> yeah just being confident in your answer is how most people like keep their jobs <laughs>
0: That's so true. like it's god so sad but so true <laughs> um, all right, so tell me where, where did you start out in your camp journey? Where did you go growing up?
1: Well, I was texting with my good friend, uh, Alan Rosenberg, who I met in the fourth grade, and we went to camp together. And um, sorry, I just went off for a second. And we think we went from ages nine to 12, but it, put, it could have been eight to 11. We went two years to a camp called Camp Champions which was in Marble Falls Texas and we are we are from Dallas and then the next two years was Green Family Camp which is also in Texas but I forgot what city but it's all I believe
0: it south. is Bruceville Bruceville
1: yes Bruceville where is Bruceville in Texas maybe you know east south oh
0: i can't remember i think yeah. it's Marble like Falls a, is near Austin i know yeah that i think it's like an hour it's i want to say like between Austin and Dallas is my okay. i've been there but it's been a while. And I know I went there when I was in college, so it couldn't have been that far from Austin.
1: Okay. Um, So yeah, two years camp champions uh, and two years at green family camp. Yeah.
0: Okay. And And,
1: uh, yeah.
0: And generally speaking, you have positive memories from those years. Like what's, what's your general vibe as you look back on that?
1: With the exception of the final year of green family camp, it took me three years to actually not be homesick. Like it would be, it always started with leading up to uh, the month leading up to camp. Uh, I'd probably cry every day. And then that first week of camp, I, I would cry every day. And then the next I think they were like three week camp, three week camps. And then for 10 days, I'd have the time of my life. And the last three days, I, I would cry because I'd have to go home. Uh, and that's kind of what it was. So it was everything. It was it was positive and negative. And, um, I think, it was, I think it wasn't until that last year at Green Family Camp where I was like, I'm looking forward to it. I'm gonna see my friends I'm going to have fun. And I did, but the rest of the time I was always so nervous before I went. My parents always like would always say, but you know, you enjoy it cause you always do. And I'm sure through tears and sobs. I would say, you don't know me, whatever. <laughs> and uh, I definitely did not want to go to camp that first time. I remember this clearly out, you know I was going with Alan Rosenberg. I'm like, at least I'll be there with my best friend. And on the first day of Camp Champions, we got put in different bunks. And I remember it just being like, well, this isn't going to work out. And we're crying and crying. And every day during free time, we'd meet at this the same tree and just cry about uh, how we call it the crying tree.
0: He was crying and, too? or he was Yeah, consuming. he was crying
1: too. He stopped okay. crying a few days in. He was like, I remember he was saying, I'm like day six where I was like at the crying tree. I'm like, hey, why aren't you, why aren't you crying, friend?
0: It's, He's called like, crying it's called the crying tree. What are you here for if not that? Yeah.
1: And uh, I'm sure I felt portrayed that he was like, well, I started to have a good time. And I was like, how dare you? And then uh, a few days later, I started to have fun too. But um,
0: Now, you said you went four years and your last year at Green, you started to have fun. So I I guess the obvious question would then be, so why did you stop? Oh,
1: that's a really good question. I actually don't have the answer. Again, I was texting with him and we believe that we stopped did not go the year of our bar mitzvahs which means we would have ended when we were 12 would have been our last year and i don't know maybe just on to other things uh you know what i think because in the summers i ended up working i think the summer of like going into ninth grade i think i was a camp counselor but not at a sleepaway camp like i think i was a with Alan Rosenberg, uh, a junior counselor at the JCC in Dallas. So sure. yeah, I forgot I worked as a camp counselor at least for a year. Um, wait, I did a lot more camp than I thought. I think the year after that,
0: <laughs> I might've worked. Come to think a, of it, I was a camp counselor last summer.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I am, that's actually my job. I worked, bunked as <laughs> an actual camp in Maine. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, I did that. And I think the year after that, I don't remember why I didn't do the year after that, but yeah, I guess for as a junior counselor, well, that's going to now the most embarrassed I will have the answer because my most embarrassed moment at camp was the year I was a junior counselor.
0: Okay, all so right, so well, I'm ready for it. But yeah, junior counselor teaser.
1: at a day camp in a JCC. Yeah, yeah.
0: All right, so so you went, you had some fun, you you experienced the homesickness. That's that's normal. Now let's fast forward to where you are now, where you are a, a writer on a in my household, a very popular show, uh, Bunked, which is on the Disney Channel, also on Netflix. Is that like, you've been with the show since the beginning. You said you've just completed the fifth season and, and hopefully coming into a sixth. Was, like, if you were looking backwards, is it a surprise to you that you're working on a summer camp show, or does that make sense?
1: Uh, I would say it's surprising. Huh. I don't know if it's either. I, I'm I'm surprised slash grateful that I'm working at all. But um, <laughs> sure. as far as say, you know, when you think about it, it does make sense that there would be a camp show because it's such a kid thing. And I know, and I never watched those camp shows growing up, but everyone talks about, hey dude, and salute your shorts. Is yeah, that something I didn't that have camp Nickelodeon.
0: So I'm aware okay. that those shows existed, but I don't think I ever saw an episode.
1: Yeah, but it, either or not, but it makes sense that, you, know, you watch TV, or at least you used to watch TV for Escape. Now you know, people do it for Escape and actually learn or see people that are like them uh, on the TV screen. It's not just, like it used to be, at least the Disney Channel motto was like, wish wish fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but now it's more like, oh, they want people. They want the people they see on TV to be like them. So it makes sense that like, not everyone has the opportunity to go to camp, right. but for the kids that do, I guess it would make sense that there is a camp show. Whether I work on it or not, whether that makes sense to me, I, I don't know. Well, I but guess so, if
0: I can rephrase my own question, yeah. when, how did you get the job? That's probably a better question. How okay. did you get the job working on a summer camp TV show? That
1: is not interesting at all. There was another <laughs> show before this called Jesse, which was on Disney Channel. And when the show was over after four seasons, they spun the show off and they had some of the characters go to a summer camp like fish out of water type of show so I just went it's it's not a so that's not the fun answer but I went my boss at the time was nice enough to continue to hire me or maybe just didn't have what it have what it takes to fire me I don't know (laughs) so that's why I did that so I was very lucky that I just kind of was absorbed into this sure. camp show.
0: Okay, and um, do you draw on any of your personal experiences for the writing of the show?
1: There definitely has been a crying tree. Um, <laughs> there has been a crying tree. That's so
0: great! I love yeah. that.
1: <laughs> I forgot what season, but it was like a flashback episode where they were talking where two people met. Two people met at the crying tree.
0: If homesick. I look up an episode on Netflix, is it enough of a plot point that it'll be in the description that I could find it? it? I might, it's I possible. might just be able to ask my kids. They might remember Yeah, it.
1: It's possible if you were to, depending, I don't know how the algorithms work. Sure. If you Googled bunked crying tree, it might come up. Okay. It might come up. I'm going
0: to put this in the show notes if, if, it, uh, if it hits.
1: Yeah, yeah. And also the, the evil camp across the, across the forest so the camp that they go to is called Camp Kikiwaka, but the evil camp across the street is Camp uh, Camp Champion. So, and I remember when I was like, I was like, oh, it should be Camp Champions, because that's what it's called. And somehow it became Camp Champion singular. And I was like, well, that's great and no, all, but that's not what the camps called. And they said, Eric. It's not up to you. I'm like okay. So, <laughs> so I guess it's not directly from Camp Champions. Sure, not anymore. Camp yeah, exactly. But the the crying tree is my biggest like contribution from my own, from my own uh, childhood or my own experience.
0: And in the writers' room, is it? I mean, if you told me you're you're gonna do a TV show about a summer camp, like I'm picturing what that writers' room looks like. Is it a lot of people who have a camp background or is it maybe more circumstantial sort of like you you were on a show that was being developed by the same people and so you got they had a comfort level they knew you were talented and knew you could do the job so they brought you over what's the what's I think the it's the latter
1: I think it's it's that it, it's you know usually the way people get hired on a show certainly if somebody was a camp counselor and you went into the interview saying here's all of my experiences. Mm. it's certainly it's always going to help on any kind of TV show, but I think in the end it's really how's the quality of their other writing. Sure. And do you want to spend 12 hours in a room with someone right. 5 days a week? Um because I would say that what we we don't we don't start when we when we think of an episode, we don't think of what's the camp fun and then what's the story. It's more of what's that thing that anybody at home would be going through? I mean, cause except for if you talk like a camp homesick story, now that's going to be about camp specifically, but, sure. but those stories get used up in the first season, you know, right, then it right. just becomes like, what is someone going through? Whether it's like they find out that their parents are getting divorced or there's going to be a new baby or they're nervous for going back to school. And then we'll take those kind of personal stories. Mm-hmm. And then from there, we'll try to figure out how to make it a show that can only happen at camp. Sure. So like, so in the end, there's like, and also we don't have the budget to do all this fun outdoor stuff because that's just what camp is. It's all of the right. stuff by the water and it's all the right. stuff that, you know, you can't really do. Yeah. So it become that's why so much stuff if you ever watch the show, it's going to be like, everything happens around arts and crafts.
0: Right. You
1: know, <laughs> um, or tetherball or volleyball. You know, it's, it's just, that's the nature of.
0: Sure.
1: TV show where it's like, okay, well, how about they're playing kickball? It's like, yeah, but they can't really kick the ball very far because that's going to knock over a light, you know? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, we kind of start with what is the personal story and yeah. then um, how do we make it about camp, so.
0: Right. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, you know, when I think about, like, Wet Hot American Summer, that is, like, a specific homage to very specific camp, you know, experiences that people had. But what I'm what I hear you say, which I actually think is, is really great, is it's really more about the age group and what that age group is going through, which seems actually much more relevant, uh, especially because you're making the show for kids, not yeah. for uh, people like me who went to camp a long time ago and are thinking back on all the, you know, hilariousness and whatnot. Um, yeah, so it's that definitely makes not like a
1: nostalgia show. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Well like I said my kids love it so it makes sense to me. Oh uh, that's
1: great. I'm very, very <laughs> I'm very happy. And you know occasionally someone will have a, a a crying tree type of thing where it's like oh we're definitely going to do that.
0: You know or Here's, what I'm picturing is like I'm so I'm, I'm listening right now to the uh the Banda Brothers uh, podcast. I don't know if you watched Banda Brothers when it came out. It was the I did. The, I did. Yeah, so there's the 20th anniversary podcast that HBO just put out. Um, where they are talking to cast members and various people. You know, it's like a rewatch podcast, like are all the rage right now. And uh, they had one of the episodes of the podcast. They interviewed the guy who uh, was like the, the technical, you know, war director, so to speak. And I'm picturing you having someone like that on Bumped. Like, okay, this is what we want to do. And then you're going to like, you know, a seventeen-year-old counselor at some summer camp to make sure that you're doing it in an authentic way that that it speaks truth yeah. to the
1: experience. <laughs> no, probably that's a good idea. We probably could give a seventeen-year-old five hundred bucks to, to check our work. Um, yeah, it's not like uh, it's not like it's. No one would hit a
0: tetherball you're... this way.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, they're going counterclockwise. It's not how it works. Um, yeah, it's not like a legal show or like you know when you have someone on on stuff. But again, that's a fantastic idea, and it's probably worth doing that. Most of the writers who have kids, they're all in the kindergarten kind of yeah. range. But I guess if if there was still a camp show in five years, we could actually ask some of those kids. Um, but yeah, that's actually let me write that down. That's a that's a good idea. And well, again, so I'm here to for a hundred bucks. You could probably do it.
0: So okay, so last question on bunked, and then and then we can move on uh how has this experience like does it make you want to get more in touch with the camp you or like or your kids like do you see them being more inclined to go to summer camp now that you've sort of kind of been immersed in this or or is it still just it's a tv show that i'm working on and it could be any any genre any any kind
1: um a little bit of both i would say that looking back, it you really, you need that independence, especially with those overnight camps. And I think I would definitely, I don't know at what age, I think I was probably at the right age, but I have friends that sent their kids to overnight camp, like at six years old, which like, I'm like, oh, you can do it that early. Now I want to do it. But <laughs> I really feel like I, there's not that many opportunities when you're a kid to really kind of sink or swim is not the right word when you're your own child, but really like get out there and be forced really forced to find yourself and meet people and make do. Um, I don't know if these kids have cell phones or not, but certainly when I was going there, it was like, unless you were like, would not stop crying, you couldn't call your parents. And I think that that's something that every kid needs. So I, it's, it's, um, it's made me, um, it's now having kids. I'm like, Oh, they're definitely going to do this.
0: Yeah. All right, let's move on to the Campfires and Color Wars questionnaire. Title's okay. still pending. <laughs> uh, this is a chance to just share other stories uh, from your camp experiences. So question number one, tell us about your most romantic camp experience. Uh,
1: I certainly do not have one. Uh, <laughs> I am was definitely a late bloomer. I have a wife and two kids. I, I think I am still a late bloomer. Um, but I remember... And this was Green Family Camp. So again, this is either when I was, you know, eleven or twelve. And I think his name was Danny, and he was date, dating. I think her name was Nicole. And I remember, like, one time I was talking to him, and he was like, "Oh man!" Like, I was. It was like, I was hanging out with Nicole, and we were and we were kissing, and then the counselor like jumped in and like interrupted it and made us go back to our cabins he's like, man, I was so close. I'm like, so close to what? Like I didn't, <laughs> it was like, you know, close. I was like, Oh, but you weren't going to like do anything. Right. Because in me, like kissing was right. I don't know if there's still bases, but I thought kissing was like all of the bases.
0: Um, I would think at that age, certainly.
1: I would have thought at that age as well. And he was like, yeah, I would have done something. And I was like, Oh wow. Like, you can do, th- people do things. And I, so that is not romantic. It's not mine, but it's the only time in those four years that there was anything any, anything remotely, whether that's again, romantic or not, I don't know. But I still remember being like, you were going to do something? And he was like, yeah. I'm like, oh, that's amazing.
0: There's, there's just nothing like the learning experience that you get at camp. Some people learn from doing and yeah. some people learn from just hearing people talk about things that they've never heard discussed before.
1: Yeah, in my life. Yeah. In my life, I never. <laughs> and I'm sure they're still together. I'm sure it worked out.
0: Oh, I would think so.
1: Those type of things. I was going to say, I, I'm, I, I'm sure they went the distance. And I meant that like in their life, not that one night. <laughs> so I decided to change it to, I'm sure they got married.
0: Or maybe both.
1: It's possible. <laughs>
0: All right. Number two, tell us about your best camp performance. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to extend this question. Please do. And say, because you work on a show that is about camp. So feel free if, if maybe that is something that has happened within the, the life of working on the show, maybe something that was part of the show that you, that you brought in, uh, I'll allow that as well.
1: Uh, You know what, I don't, I can't really think of one, but I remember, it's not really a performance let's say, but there was this guy, this pops my head, there was, I hadn't thought about this in a while, there was this kid that no one got along with. And I'm sure looking back, we were the mean ones. Like you ever, like, I'm sure it was our fault, but we didn't get along with him. And I, and somebody said something to him, I don't remember what it was. And I remember getting off from my, the bottom bunk and being like, "Hey, don't say that to him," and I, he punched me in the face. And I remember.
0: Wait, I think I, I maybe I missed something here. The guy, it was you the guy, stood up for the I, guy. I,
1: I, I stood up. It was the guy that had been made fun of. Said something to my friend. Got it. And I got up and I said to that person, "Hey, don't talk to my friend that way." That way, and he punched me in the face. Got it. And I remember, uh, even though it didn't really hurt, I remember pretending to cry and telling on him because I didn't like him and I wanted him to get kicked out of camp. He did but not. Did he? he did not. Oh. He did not get out of camp. And, and I think I apologized
0: why, to him. And so that's why you became a writer. And that's why. I, that. And then I caught the acting bug. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> but yes, I remember being like, oh, I think this is the this is the chance of me to get him kicked out of camp. Such a, that's so, that's so mean of me. And your, and your but, uh,
0: counselor was like, uh, I didn't buy your performance. I have some notes. I
1: have some notes.
0: And if anything, <laughs> I'm going
1: to kick you out of camp because you deserve it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, I remember that clearly. I remember that one, but yeah.
0: You know, it's, it's always a tough dynamic when you're in a cabin with someone that, uh, that the bulk of the cabin does not get along with. Um, and I think in conversations that I've had with camp people over the, over the course of this podcast, like I've learned that, Things have changed a lot for the better uh, over the course of time and how camps handle that. Oh, really? I think, yeah, I think when we were yeah. growing up, yeah, there was just a kid in the cabin that was an asshole and everybody knew it. And depending on what level quality your counselors were, they might also have thought the kid was an asshole. and treated him as such. Yeah. Whereas now I think there's actually resources at camp to try to like figure out, hey, why is this kid an asshole? And is there something that we can do to maybe, you know, help them out yeah. so that uh, they're not so difficult to be around? Yeah. Maybe um, the
1: other 11 months out of the year, they have something going on that we yeah. should be in tune with.
0: Yeah, it, it could be. <laughs> um, but my experience was was much more like yours. Um, I had a cabin where we had a kid, the way you're describing. And we had one night. Uh, I feel like this happened almost once a summer. Um, and I, and I'm not sure that this is like, this is where we, we sort of talk about like what, what would an actual trained person say about this method of dealing with something where they would have like everybody in the cabin sit in a circle and it would just like free for all everybody just like Festivus, just the airing of grievances. (laughs) I got a real problem with you people. And you would just rattle off to their face, the things you didn't like about them. And, and we did that one time in this cabin and this poor kid, I mean, it was just one person after another. And, and he did not take it well, which I mean, that's shocking to hear. And then one of our counselors was just like, I mean, he didn't say this, but my recollection, it was like, this is why people don't like you because you're doing this. And it's like, that probably wasn't a great way to yeah. handle it if I had to guess. But you know, these are like 18-year-olds. These are not yeah. trained social workers. That yeah, are- they're just as
1: mean as any other kid. And then yeah. the end like, it's like, well, off to bed.
0: Yeah, I'm glad we solved that problem. All yeah. right, let's all do a trust fall and knows. to bed. <laughs> um, All right, number three. Tell us your most embarrassing moment at camp.
1: Well, now that you have reminded me or had me remind myself that I was a counselor, when I was a junior counselor at the JCC, I uh, went to shave my sideburns. I feel like maybe a lot of this happened to a lot of people and I couldn't get them straight and it kept on going up and up. And then I remember when I was done, like you don't see it happening. I remember when I was done, it was they were both above my ear. <laughs> and I remember coming out of the bathroom and just my parents and my sister laughing, of course, and me being like, what did I do? You know. And, uh, and of course it's the Texas sun. So I was completely tan except for now here was just, just, I mean, I'm pasty white, but a few months in the sun I get some kind of color, but this was just pasty white up here and having to go to camp and just everyone from the kids to the counselors just being like, whoa. And I like, didn't (laughs) know what to do because I I was getting paid. My mom was like, this is a job you have to go, (laughs) you can't just not show up. You're getting paid. You have to be there. I'm like, oh no, and it was a tough. crying
0: tree at the JCC camp. And it was. That. I
1: certainly found one. <laughs> I certainly found one. And I, it was. I mean, you know, it would have been. It would have been weeks. You know. Yeah. Uh, and at that and at that time, I'm sure it was like, it was that night, and the next morning, I could be like, well, I'm gonna go to the, to the, to the salon right. <laughs> the barber, and like That's have right. it figured out. I mean, like at that point, I'm sure my hair was out to here. And then just nothing. It was whole, ter- it was terrible. It was
0: terrible. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I have a, a related story. Um, it wasn't at the, it wasn't during the summer, but I was going to a friend from camp's bar mitzvah, uh, and traveling to it. And I went to get my haircut before I went. And I was, I, I don't like conflict. And so I would often find myself in this scenario where I would go get a haircut and the barber would be like, what do you think? And I would always be like, yeah, it looks great. Even if I wasn't happy. And so uh, I went home and it was like, I'll just fix this at home. So I got my haircut and it wasn't as short as I wanted. So I went home and tried to cut (laughs) my own hair the rest of the way. And I had two big bald patches on the side of my head right before I went to this bar mitzvah where I was going to see all my camp friends and they most certainly made fun of me and you know deserved deservedly so Um, no yeah
1: you look back it's like yeah it's absolutely I would have destroyed the person that came (laughs) that came to camp with nothing here
0: how about you, Sideburns? You want some of this milk? Yeah, it's pretty
1: much that. It's pretty much that. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's too funny. All right, uh, number four. No, it's not. It's horrible. <laughs> and I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that in a few years. Thanks. You have therapy right after this, so you can. Uh... Yeah, I'm gonna need it. Um, all right, number four. Uh, top or bottom bunk?
1: You know, I think I was, I had been both because I remember certainly being on the top and one summer, but the year that I got punched in the face, I definitely popped my head up from the bottom bunk and got punched. So I know it's been, it was been both. And I don't remember if, how people chose or if you got to choose. Um, so both.
0: Usually based on how likely are you to get punched in the face? Yeah. You know, the ones yeah. They, they think are the more likely they put them up top, so they're out of harm's way. And you were yeah. surprised.
1: But looking, like, looking back, it's so, having a five-year-old who, like, tosses and turns, I can't imagine being bigger and being in a twins, a twin-sized bed that far up. Like, I couldn't do that now. Yeah. I would be, even if it was a king-sized bed, I'd be terrified to be <laughs> that far off the, like, I'm not terrified of heights, but I think I still wouldn't be able to. I could sit up on that bunk and I could stand up and I can go to the top of buildings, but I wouldn't want to sleep up there. So I don't know how that's yeah, just a thing that people do.
0: I think they have barriers now, but I'm not positive. Not when I was growing up. That's right. Not back in my day. Uh, <laughs> um, all right. Number five, what is the hardest you ever laughed at camp?
1: The hardest like I don't. It's so funny. I don't have, it was so long ago, I just don't remember, but I certainly remember all the times I cried. I don't remember laughing. I remember enjoying myself, but I remember sobbing at the crying tree. I remember sobbing when (laughs) I fell off the banana boat, just sobbing. And I remember when I used to cry I used to like do the hyperventilating cry, which was like, the counselor would be like, what happened? Well, I was going to over to the boat. They're like, you got to start breathing. I can't stop doing this. So couldn't tell you the time that I laughed, but I definitely remembered when I would hyperventilate cry.
0: God, I would have, the hardest I would have laughed would have been as your counselor. Watching you if do you that. Were
1: to, if you were to interview my counselors, they would say, if you, yeah, they would say, oh, when Eric Shar used to hyperventilate cry. <laughs> and I, that's how my five-year-old cries when he's really, when he's really into it, like he can't breathe. And I just start <laughs> laughing because I remember that's how I used to cry when I was at camp and just like, and yeah, of course, as you know, having kids, if they're crying and you laugh, it yeah. doesn't work out well. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Oh, just.
0: Well, yeah, I'll I share. Uh, I'll, I'll share the hardest that I ever left the camp because you you know some of the players involved in this. Um, it was uh, we were we were like staff orientation week, and we were sitting in the dining hall, and someone came out with um, bottles of maple syrup, and Super Troopers uh, <laughs> was maybe a year or so old. I don't know how long it had been out, but people had seen it, yeah. and. Uh, People had the bright idea to recreate the maple syrup chugging contest scene um, from Super Troopers, uh, which was Ben Dorfman um, and uh, my friend Barry, who is Alan Cohen's little brother. Okay. Um, and we sat there and watched them do this and then immediately run to the bathroom to vomit. And Ben, I like I'm just watching this. And I don't know why I felt the need to do this, though I I think it was definitely the right decision. Ran to the bathroom to watch them throw up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ben (laughs) threw up so hard. He had to like go backwards to get the necessary momentum for the amount of vomit that was about to come out of him. And I like, I I couldn't stand. I was like laying (laughs) on the floor of the dining hall because I was so weak. From laughter. I was laughing so hard and even now just picturing him arch arching his back to, to projectile vomit maple syrup. It's a it's a cherished memory.
1: <laughs> oh, so how old were you all you think?
0: Uh I probably he would have been probably like a maybe a year out of college. I was probably, okay. Yeah, mid mid college, so early twenties, something like that.
1: Uh, that's glorious.
0: <laughs> I mean, I would never have participated in that, but but I'm I'm certainly glad I got to see it happen.
1: What's funny is I'm sure the exact same thing happened with me in Ben Dorfman in, in college, but it, instead of maple syrup, it was like uh, cinnamon schnapps.
0: I mean, I feel like if you can handle a, a a you know liter or whatever you know plastic bottle of maple syrup. Schnapps should be no problem.
1: Yeah, then you can handle <laughs> Crystal Light and Everclear mixed together.
0: <laughs> Whatever. Trash can punch. Um, all right. Uh, let's move on to our final segment. Roses and Thorns, aka Peaks and Valleys, aka Pals and Wows, aka Strawberries and Lemons. Uh, I don't know if uh, if you recall having any other name for, uh, for this uh, at your camp, but basically the idea of just sharing one good thing and one bad thing that's going on uh in your life micro or macro uh and uh so of course i will happily cede the floor to you first uh, uh, uh what's your rose and uh and your thorn for for us
1: well they're both uh they're both i guess pandemic related i'm sure that's a common theme but you know when we were my um wife and i were you know stuck at home with the kids and um, you know there was obviously part of us, it was just horrible. They, they couldn't experience all that fun stuff that they should be, whether it be school, whether it be like just going out to dinner. It was like coming with me to the store. Like Jacob used to love to come with me and like come to the store with me and we'd talk about what we're gonna cook for dinner. And so it was, you know, that still sticks with me that, you know, he's gonna get that back of course, but you know, that still sticks with me that I felt so bad that he just like, why can't I come to the store with you? You know. And after I got vaccinated and I started going to the store, to be like, can I come now? Or I'm like, not yet, buddy, you know? But my wife and I talk about it. And for those like, when we were like really like in the bunker for what, like nine months or whenever it was really bad, we got to spend so much time with them. And we really tried to, because everyone was healthy. And so we really tried to do our best to be like, we're not, we're never gonna have this again. like. We're not going to want to spend time with them. Once this is over, we're going to be like, now go back to school. And they're going to be happy to go to school. But we, we really got to get a lot closer with them. And, um, and uh, we really, we did our best to cherish it. And I think that we'll look back on it. And again, for that, like all for, you know, when it was really bad, whenever, when people said, didn't know what was going on, like anyone who sneezed, you're going to die you know and so like we basically just walk around the block that's all we would do for those first few months and we just kind of we did our best to cherish it you know um because we really got to just spend all this time with them um i wouldn't want to do it again <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah so there it's kind of it's kind of both
0: it's yeah kind of both. no i totally agree and i do think with hindsight we'll be more appreciative as we get further away from it uh for the for that quality time that we got to spend with uh, especially our kids and especially at a young age Uh, yeah. I mean, at least, I mean, obviously that's my experience. I'm sure people with teenagers also will appreciate the time that they spent with their, with their teenagers, but for some reason it feels different when they're little, uh, when they they want to be with you. (laughs) Right. That's right. That's exactly right. Um, well, my, uh, my rose is actually related to what we talked about a little bit earlier. I have been listening to the band of brothers podcast. I, I personally find band of brothers to be like the single greatest, work of televised product that I've ever seen. Uh, I just thought it was so incredible when it came out. And so I've gone back and as I'm listening to the podcast, I've gone back and watched the show again. Um, and it's, I just think it's so well done. It's also crazy how every time I watch it, which is not th- that often, I've watched it several times over the years I and mean, it's 20 years old. Every time I watch it, there's another new person that's like super famous that i never knew was in it before um i'll
1: watch it i haven't seen it in 20 years so yeah
0: well spoiler alert there's a lot of super famous people but uh i'll spoil one of them um i had never seen this before because he wasn't famous the last time or it wasn't famous to me i don't i shouldn't disparage him he might have been super famous uh but the guy who plays the hot priest on fleabag oh yeah um yeah is in one of the episodes. That's, yeah, and I was like, God, another dude! Like, so many people got, whether it was their big break or not, they were on it. Um, they don't, whoever the casting director was for Band of Brothers, I, I tip my cap to them because
1: is his name. And either it's either I'm going to get it right or it's so wrong, like
0: Alex Moffat. I think, no, I think piece- he's on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> I. I want to say Andrew, Andrew Moffitt? maybe Garfield. Not Andrew Garfield. <laughs> no Garfield Moffat.
1: Garfield, <laughs> Andrew Garfield, Otis, Hello <laughs> Kitty. Um,
0: so yeah, I've been watching that. If you've never seen it, uh, it's it's intense, but it's it really out. powerful. Um, so watch Band of Brothers, and then My Thorn um, is uh, is a very stupid one. I have gotten out all of my old video game systems for my kids to play just so we can pass the time. Uh, so my old school Nintendo, I've, I've been teaching the kids how to play Super Tech Bowl and all this stuff. We, we moved recently and uh, in the moving I forgot that I had uh, a Sega Dreamcast um, from years and years ago. Uh, and I've been talking it up to my kids and I'm like I'm going to set it up you're going to love it we've got crazy taxi we've got some other really fun games <laughs> um, and I finally you know got around to setting up for the kids and like this is going to be awesome you're going to love it and the like the connective things don't they don't match up anymore because it's it's too old of wow. a system somehow I could get my nintendo which is from oh, yeah. the late 80s to work but the sega dreamcast uh, does not want to play nicely with whatever television that we have uh, to connect it to
1: go get an old television
0: yeah that feels like effort but yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but Virtua tennis on sega dreamcast is wow a great game but really i want the crazy taxi i mean it's such a anyway
1: i still play um we don't have any of those systems but just like on the computer i'll play super t- every once in a while i will as always i'll be the chicago bears and I will run through Super Techno Bowl. And uh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: My uh my kids, uh it's really funny. So we started playing it uh early in the pandemic, and I was explaining who Bo Jackson is and why he is, you know, our Lord and Savior. And uh but on the on the game it does, it cuts off his name. You yeah, can't yeah. see all of it. So they call him Bo Jackso.
1: Pretty sure, yeah. Wait, was that from, was he Super or was he regular Tecmo? I mean, I, I there were a bunch of Super Tecmo bowls, right? Or there's techmo, there's
0: Tecmo and then there's Super Tecmo. And then I think yeah. there was another Super Tecmo for like the NES 64. Was that the next? Yeah. I never got, I never had anything other than just a Nintendo. And then someone gifted me the Dreamcast, like when they got something else that was better. It wasn't like I purchased that either. Yeah. Um, Oh, man. But I think oh, for, man. for the old school 8-bit Nintendo, it was only Tecmo and Super Tecmo.
1: Yeah, Tecmo was definitely, the Bears had Walter
0: Payton. Yeah. Yeah. And, they uh, both had Bo Jackson and he was, yeah, okay. he was unstoppable on both but more unstoppable in the second one because there was more plays and so you could run different things because, you know, the original Tecmo ball, there's only four plays. Yeah, yeah. So if you have Bo Jackson, <clears throat> you know, the other team can just call that play every single time.
1: If I really wanted to win, there was a, there was a, uh, the Bears had a slant pattern that even if the other team picked the, I don't know if that was for every team, but anyone that picked that play, like I needed a win, yeah. I could pick that, hit the slant. I forgot who it was to, for like five yards. Yeah. Even if I was about to get to, yeah. So that's what I'd do. And then of course, I, although I love playing the Bears, every once in a while, I just have to do Montana to rice for a hundred yards.
0: That's right. In you run to the back of the end zone and you throw it down yeah. the field effortlessly. Oh flee- yeah.
1: <laughs> That's how I would, cause I needed, you needed plenty of time for Montana to have time to run. So it was like right. the ultimate shot. Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, that's awesome. Uh, well, this is so fun. Uh, thank, thank you so you for much, having Eric. Me. Um, if, uh, people want to find you on, uh, the World wide web or the internet in some way, where, uh, where can we send people to? You don't need to find me anywhere.
1: No, I, I have no, I have nothing to be found. Uh, I'm sure my credits are, if you Google my name, I have credits, but as far as, I don't do anything.
0: All right. You don't no have people to can, watch, uh, can watch, can watch You'll never find me. Uh, I didn't
1: <laughs> I really want to go out of frame.
0: The podcast oh. listener, Eric's chair just deflated. <laughs> Uh, not quite out of frame, which would have been hilarious. Yeah, mean, I enjoyed do? it nonetheless. Thanks. Um, Thanks. People can catch bunked on you said old uh, old episodes. They can find on Netflix. Um, and you've written for some other pretty cool shows. I feel like that is also worth mentioning.
1: Yeah, before that, Jesse and I and I uh, worked a little bit on the Sarah Silverman program, which was on, on Comedy Central, which uh fond memories of and um but i've been doing disney channel stuff since 2010 it's been a long, long ago,
0: so, yeah. um, so yeah. in some ways it's good that your camp experience ended when you were like 12-ish years old because you know that's you're catering to that audience
1: yeah exactly exactly i'm now i'm one of them i'm basically a teenager now. <laughs> i'm I've regressed
0: no big deal yeah yeah whatever whatever <laughs> Um, awesome. Well, uh, as, we, uh, as we wrap things up, uh, we always like to end each episode by uh, a thing that my dad used to say uh, camp, that time is very precious and you got to make the most of it. So uh, as we say goodbye, I will say to you, don't waste a minute, Eric. And you can say back to me,
1: don't you waste a minute either.
0: That's not bad. Happiness runs in a circular motion. Thought is like a little boat upon the sea. Everybody is a part of everything anyway. You can have everything if you let yourself be. Happiness runs, happiness runs. Happiness runs, happiness runs.